Office Insiders is America's number one commercial real estate podcast, focusing on all things office space. Let's take you inside. Thanks for watching Office Insiders. My name is James and we have some great members of our team here. We have Rachel, Kendall, and my man Sanford here. How are you guys Hi. doing? Couldn't be better. Right. Good, good. So, so for today's segment, we're going to be talking about diversity and inclusion. This is part of a five-part series. Um, we have five pillars of procurement that we talked about. And this particular piece is one that we think has great value because it's a trend that has been changing in Houston. So let's go ahead and start off here. And I want to get you guys' experience because Rachel and Kendall, you both have been an integral part of our process when we look at RFPs, when we look at diversity in and of itself, Please tell us how you think the diversity climate is changing for enterprise companies from your experience. Sure, I can go first. Um, of the couple RFPs that I've gotten to be a part of most recently, I think that something that's really been interesting to consider is whether or not they're even asking about diversity. And um, I've got two examples that I can draw on right in the mix of some really heightened political times in our country where I would have thought that just no question these would have been topics at the forefront of these companies' minds. And while it was for one, I was actually um, a part of working on an RFP recently for a nationwide portfolio company um, that was a, honestly a very thorough RFP process and asked a lot of questions about our capabilities and um, our team and our company and what all we do. And as a matter of fact, diversity wasn't mentioned at all in the entire process. And so um, what this did mean was that we got an opportunity as a team and as a company to take it upon ourselves to incorporate that into our response and to point out that this is something that matters to us and this is something that we're striving for as a team and as a company, um, even though they weren't necessarily thinking about asking about it. And that was honestly really shocking but at the same time I think that something that we see in these processes is that it's kind of a checkbox and it's not necessarily something that has a lot of follow-up or a lot of follow-through um, to go ahead and, and say hey we're not just asking this to say we did we're asking this because we care and so to some extent I'm honestly glad that they didn't ask if it wasn't something they were actually really passionate about and cared about in our response. Um, on the other hand, I got to be a part of an RFP process pretty recently that, that did ask about diversity. and. While I will say the, the question was well phrased and gave us an opportunity to provide some color on what our team and what our company is doing, um, what what I will say is while I, we did get the chance to um, address what our company and what our team is doing as it pertains to diversity and inclusion, I honestly can't say what it actually meant to them. I, I know that it matters a lot to, to the company that the RFP was for and I know that they're putting things in process um, to, to really respond to this issue, but I'm not yeah. sure how that actually plays out as far as their line of business and procurement process goes. And I'm not sure if they picked us because of our company's stance on, on diversity. I think it helped yeah. the process, but I'm not sure that it was actually why we were set apart. Well, well let's talk about that for a second. Um, how do you know when it's actually important? Some companies don't talk about it at all. Some companies have a couple of questions. So I'm gonna pose this to everyone. When you look at these RFPs, what type of questions, what type of posture does a company take to show, hey, this is important to us? So I actually had a very different experience with the RFP process in the diversity and inclusion portion. Um, last two RFPs that we participated in, um, very different companies, very different projects. One 
one of the largest oil and gas companies in the world and the other a local government entity. Um, and the questions they asked were very specific. And without answering them, I'm not sure if we would have been included in the process. Just in general, like what was the sense uh, or, or speak to the specificity? Like what type of things were they trying to pull from us to see that our team cared about diversity? Sure, they wanted to know what our involvement was with minority and women-owned businesses specifically. They wanted to see what that partnership was like. Mm. They wanted to know that it was a real relationship. Again, not a box that we were checking, but to know that we had that relationship, that it was really nurtured and involved in the work that we were doing, and it wasn't just to participate in the process. Um, so I found that to be really interesting, and personally, a, a, a great, I found it to be very interesting and exciting, especially as a female, seeing that that's being acknowledged and we're holding each other accountable for the future and getting inclusion and involvement and diversity more at the front of the process rather than just a, a, a footnote. I have a pretty unique perspective because I'm coming not only as an office insider with this team, but prior to that, uh, I had my own firm, right? Workspace Real Estate. I've been a minority partner on lots of deals throughout the city and some statewide deals as well. And man, I, I have to tell you that um, this whole section is in need of change because we have to, I believe, reward those groups that are sincerely trying to move forward. And we also need to make it harder to just check the box. Because what does that really do if we're checking the box, but it's not a sincere integration? You're just enriching one or two people. But if you really do have that integration where these teams are working together, then the reward is a passing off of knowledge, right? You get to pass on that knowledge to that community. And I'm, I'm thinking it's just better overall. And it's, it's more authentic. I think that's what the public actually wants. So can you guys, um, I want to pose a quick question. I want to get you Sanford because we hadn't got you yet. Sure. So uh, from a high level, I mean, you've worked with some of the nation's leading companies here. I mean, some of the biggest and best in the world. So what type of trends are you seeing out there for auth look seeking out authenticity and diversity and inclusion? Well, let me give you a little perspective on this. Uh, when I got into this business, in another millennium, um, everyone looked just like me. And that continued to be the case for a very long time. In fact, this industry still suffers from that fact. But our clients look very different now. And they reflect, of course, the country in which we live. And it, we've heard it a million times that Houston is, by some measures, the most diverse city in the country. I believe, we believe, that is one of the great strengths of this city. It's also the strength of any organization. So I come from it to, to some degree from, a, from the standpoint of good business. Good business is that we understand our clients, that we know what they want, and that we can bring them what they need. That requires that we first understand them. So we're making a major push uh, to uh, to diversify because we know it's A, the right thing to do, and B, it's good business. Uh, the clients we deal with, well, let me just say this. Uh, no one had ever heard the term ESG until a couple of years ago. It was not, it was not a consideration. It is environmental, social, and governance. Nobody cared. What they cared about was, what's the price? 
And I think this reflects what we're going through right now, reflects another one of the really important and really salutary changes in our business. And that is that our business, the commercial real estate business, is getting to be more and more about the people who use and occupy the space that we work on. So it's about the employees now, and management knows that it's about the employees, and so they're concerned, again, for reasons both ethical and moral and good, solid business. So let's, I wanna take what you just said here, and I wanna dig a little deeper. Uh, I think we all agree, of course, that this is a great trend. We wanna see things continue. We're on the inside. We're the people that are getting these RFPs. We're reading this, we're competing against other firms and uh, other broker teams. So if we could be in the driver's seat and if we could create questions to test us, to test our own authenticity, to test our desire to really push forward this agenda with diversity and opportunity, what type of questions will we ask ourselves? It's not so much a question of the specific or an issue of the specific questions you ask. Mm. It's more the way in which you ask them. What I mean by that is if I simply give you a bunch of slots to fill in, you can do that and you can fill them in honestly. And I, as the person asking, won't know any more about you than I did before. What I need to do is really understand you. I need to investigate you. I need to talk with you and say, what, tell me what you're going to do. I want to understand what role you're going to play, what role you're going to play, what role you're going to play. I want to understand how you work together. How long have you worked together? Is this something that you do regularly or have you put this team together just as an ad hoc group of people in order to, well, check a box? Yes. So it's, it's, under, it's a deeper understanding. It's not so much about the questions. And, and I think that uh, that is true in everything we talk about in terms of procurement. It's about more than the questions. It's about a deep understanding of what the questions really mean and what the answers to them imply. I was, I mean, I would just like to say too, I think that an RFP process is essentially an interview. And we always put our best foot forward in an interview. We're always telling you all the wonderful things about us Absolutely. in an interview. So uh, the, the proof is essentially in the pudding. We can tell you all the things that you want to hear. We can, you know, ask certain questions to prompt those answers. But more importantly, it's about the action. It's about the reputation. And I think that our group and our company has been very diligent in, in making sure that we're about the action, mm. that we are not just checking that checkbox, but instead, this is how we operate and we're authentic for it. I love that. You're going to say something? Candid? Yeah, this may be too candid and may not be able to be used. <laughs> Please, but go ahead. <laughs> speaking to Sanford's point about asking questions specifically to what your role is, I've had the incredible opportunity to sit on a couple pitches and to have a couple parts in explaining different things that we've prepared for these potential clients. And every time they start, I go into it just honestly really prepared for the question of so what do you do mm. because to me I look I look like the token woman and to some extent it's an incredible opportunity and they probably know that you know that they're they're wanting to teach me and wanting to give me opportunities to to you know practice and mm. learn and I'm incredibly thankful for that but but going into them if I was sitting on the other side and I was a stern corporate woman who'd been in the business for 30 years yeah. whatever business that may be and I was sitting across from a 25 year old I'd want to know what her role was exactly. and so I've I've been really prepared for that question it hasn't come um, but maybe someday it will yeah. <laughs> and so that's yeah. that that's honestly a, a great a great point that I think it would be really pertinent to understanding 
why this team has been built the way that it has been. That's what the, the mark of progress is. Yes. Is when, when it, we finally get the actual question, what do you do? Yes. Then we'll know they care. I love that, and and I want to push that forward more because as as a minority business owner and being on those pitches, right, as a black-owned firm and a women-owned firm, you know, I did not get those questions asked, but one time, and I'm going to share a story that I won't share the name of the client because we we love them and and we actually won the business, <laughs> so it's a good thing, a good end story. But I feel like someone that has a heart to see if we were authentic, just flat out asked. They said, James. Um, is this a real business? Do you really have a commercial real estate firm? And uh, I was shocked at first. I was offended, you know, because I'm like, wow. I mean, I've been in the business for 10 years. And um, at the time, a little bit less than 10. But I'm like, hey, uh, wow. I thought if you had at least looked at my website, you see I got my face on there. I got some videos up there. And, uh, you know, my office was not far away from where we pitched. But before I can answer, one of our team members here, another insider, just came up and said, look, we, we believe in this. And we believe in it so much that we only picked James because of his experience. We thought he would be an asset here. So we don't want to check a box. And I feel like that response won at some points. But I applaud the person that asked the question. I think more questions need to be asked because, unfortunately, I feel like there are groups out there that don't push this as much. They see it as a checkbox and they just check it. So what does that look like? And and I'm like you, Kendall. I love I love to dig deeper and ask the questions. So I, I want to give you guys some questions that you should ask. <laughs> so if we're pitching, ask us these questions. And if, if somebody else is pitching, I want you to ask them these questions too. So one thing I'm thinking about is the systems they use, right? If you have two different groups and they're working together, how do their systems work together? Do they use the same CRM system? Do they use different systems, how do they check emails, how do they share data? Because if they're not really doing that, then how much work is the other side doing? I think another question, and I'm just spitballing here, I would ask them specifically about the job, and I think you mentioned this, Kendall, like what type of work are you doing on this particular project? Just like in a team call. If you have a conference call, just flat out ask, and it gives that person an opportunity. It also pressures that team. Hey, I gotta give this guy some work, because he may get asked, what'd you do here? And I'm prepared to answer that question if someone asks me. But if everyone is, that means that this knowledge is being passed on. Because the truth of it is this, that the knowledge you gain from doing deals as a minority business owner, as a woman, you name it. The whole point of this diversity and inclusion thing is to pass on knowledge to me, not the money. The money can come if you have the experience. But if you don't get the knowledge, then you're not teaching that business to fish. How successful can they be then if they've never completed a deal on their own, if they can't transact? You know, this is the hard thing in any um, in interview or in any request for proposal. Yeah. How do you know if the person responding is really being honest with you? Yeah. Always difficult to say. That's one of the big problems in this, but it's the thing that must be done in order to get the right answer. And if your job in procurement is getting that right answer, you need to dig. You yes. need to get in. Thanks for listening to The Office Insiders. If you need advice on office space throughout the U.S. and want to set up a conversation with our team, you can schedule a meeting at www.theofficeinsiders.com.